there, listeners. Welcome to Horror Movie Club, the show where two dudes who are not quite nerds but not quite noobs choose a horror movie each week to rate and review. I'm Brian, I'm on the phone with Ashvin, and today we are discussing Apostle from 2018. Directed and written by Gareth Evans, starring Dan Stevens, Lucy Boynton, Michael Sheen, and Bill Milner. And I picked this movie because I saw a lot of Twitter buzz about it during a film festival called Fantastic Fest that happened back in September. And so I figured we'd check out what all the fuss was about. Had you heard much about this, Ashman? You know, I, no, I hadn't heard that much about it. Um, where, where does that festival take place? In Austin, Texas. Ah, okay. Um, that's cool. It, it's. I feel like Netflix kind of came out with like three or four things at once uh, in preparation for like the Halloween season. And this was one of the ones that started popping up on my Netflix uh, like in early October. Indeed, yeah. This one and then one other one that we're going to record tonight and probably release next week. Yeah. Or two that came out in, I think they both came out in October on Netflix. The, yeah. And and then you also had like uh, The House on Haunting Hill, which came out around the same time. Yep. And uh, this other movie, like Cold the Dark, which a lot of people have been talking about, um, I think that also came out. So I, I feel like Netflix really made a big push right before October. Yeah, and I think a series, um, can you call it a TV show on Netflix? It's a Sabrina, like The Chilling Adventures oh. of Sabrina or something. Yeah. yeah, right, that just came out, yeah. Which is, is that just like a sequel to Sabrina the Teenage Witch? I think so. I, I can't tell if it's... A, Oh, is she a grown up? I thought it was. I thought she was looking at me in high school, but yeah, maybe you're right. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't. I haven't looked into it too much. Yeah, and, and a lot of people are pretty excited for that one. Yeah, and I've heard great things about um, the house on Haunted Hill, or is that what it's called? The Haunting of Hill House, maybe. Haunting of Hill House. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we 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 all know that's your done by your favorite director, uh, Mike Flanagan. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you, you know I look. At, I always like rag on the guy, but looking back, I I like most of his movies. I just really hated that one. Yeah. Before I wake. Yeah. Well, it's funny. I I don't know if we'll ever get around to reviewing uh, the Haunting of Hill House because you know it's more of like a series. But I feel like uh, it kind of encompasses all like his movies, like for for better or for worse. Um, it, it feels kind of like a mix of like Hush and like Oculus and. And then, like, even before I wake, uh, is like I mean, there are definitely elements in there which I think you'll like and not like. Yeah, one of these days I'll get around to watching it. Yeah, I, I wouldn't rush too fast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's talk a little bit more about Apostle. So, the one-sentence plot summary: In 1905, a drifter on a dangerous mission to rescue his kidnapped sister tangles with a sinister religious cult on an isolated island. And as far as horror subgenres go, cults, and there's a supernatural element, and it's it's a period piece too, which has kind of been a little bit of a trend lately, maybe. Period horror films or period films in general? Uh, period horror films. I guess period films are those are always kind of a trend, but yeah. I, I don't know. I guess I can't think of that many, but like The Witch. It, this felt like it was trying to be The Witch mm-hmm. to a degree. Yeah, I think it was trying to capture that same vibe and be uh, talking about like a similar type of history uh, of 
people and uh, a time and place. It, also, did you ever see like was it called Crimson Tide that Guillermo del Toro film? Um, it's not Crimson Tide. Oh, what's that movie? Oh, called? Crimson Peak. Crimson Peak. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Right. Did you see that one? I think we watched that together, didn't we? Ah, uh, probably. Probably. <laughs> yeah. I get, yeah, I can't remember, but I have seen that one. Okay, yeah, yeah that, that one's also kind of like an older period horror film. Right, yep. Yeah, I felt like this was Wicker Man meets The Witch meets The Ritual. Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah, I could see that. That's a pretty apt uh, combination of films. It really covers all the bases on this one. Yeah. I also feel like we've been seeing a trend, at least in some of the movies we've watched recently, of horror movies that are trying to like take a certain genre and then like add another subgenre in there too and just like cram a lot of different movies into one movie yeah yeah like that was my biggest beef with the void and uh the ritual did it kind of nicely yeah and this one we can talk about how well it did it yeah you're right uh it's different than like your typical standard horror film where it's like kind of based on like one storyline um, and, and you know, like a typical villain, good good guy uh, fight. The, you mean like these kind of movies have a bunch of like layers, like stories that are different plot lines that are intersecting with each other. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like they're trying to put an original twist on a subgenre, but yeah, yeah. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, the part that confuses me sometimes is like, are they going for horror? Is like horror a secondary, like ancillary part of this film? Are they like taking a period pace and, and like it's more of a commentary on the times and, and like uh, some of the things that were going on back then with like a dash of horror? Is it like a horror film uh, with like a dash of the periodicness of it? It seems like the intention here is horror. Like it doesn't feel like they hit enough of the other notes hard enough. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I, would, I was going to say the opposite. Like I don't feel like it hit the horror note that hard. Um, but yeah, I guess we can talk about more of that, more of that later. Yeah, yeah, but, for but sure. yeah, I, I always think that that makes it kind of an interesting struggle for the filmmaker, like to kind of commit one way or the other. Yeah, like what, what are you trying to do? Like sometimes it's so plain to see in movies, like there was no clear goal here, like, mm-hmm. or maybe there was, but it just it was too messy to, yeah, to get there in a movie. Yeah, and I, I can't say like I've seen a movie where that's worked, where you have like a number of storylines and plot lines, and um, it, it's, it's successful. Like some of the best horror films, like we've seen, like like Halloween, um, like The Witch, uh, and you know it follows. Like the, those were all pretty. Like you know, here's the storyline, and here are the main characters. It's not like a lot of sub stories going in and out of it, which yeah. I, I think is, is tough to pull off. Yeah, yeah, it's it's ambitious. This is an ambitious movie. I will say mm-hmm. that for it. But sometimes I think it pays to just stick to, not stick to the same thing, but just like efficiency is important to me, I think. So uh, this director, Gareth Evans, I had never really heard of him. Apparently he's made a handful of Indonesian movies. He's a, uh-huh. a Welsh dude. Mm-hmm. And the only thing I had heard of that he had done was a skit for VHS2 called Safe Haven. Yeah, what, do you remember which one Safe Haven was? I think they, like, go into this cult, and then weird stuff starts happening in the cult. Uh, mm-hmm. 
I think it's like an Indonesian cult. I feel like, are they underground for some reason? Hmm. I, I feel like I remember it being pretty spooky. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to have to go back and rewatch that one. Yeah. Yeah, and it, that's that might be the only horror movie he's done. Uh, yeah, it's, it seemed like it. I, I think he had some... I think he was famous for ones called, like, The Raid and The Raid 2. Mm-hmm. Which, which were Indonesian kind of like, films. Yeah, like action thrillers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty pretty uh, interesting background in mean, that, that he's this Welsh... Is that what you called him? Welsh guys? Welsh, yeah. Welsh, yeah. He's, he's, like, he's like a Welsh dude uh, living in Indonesia and, and uh, making Indonesian and uh, Japanese films. Yeah, doing pretty wellish for himself. Yeah, yep. So this, yeah. yeah, we said it came out in October. It was October 12th that it started streaming on Netflix. Hmm. And they picked it up in March 2017, and filming didn't start until April 2017. So this wasn't one of the movies that Netflix saw in a festival and then picked up. Like, they yeah. picked up the distribution to it before it even started. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. That, just, yeah, that's just, interesting. Yeah. They just, like, read the story and they were bought in. I need to look at, like, I need to read some articles on Netflix business model. <laughs> I remember hearing once that they were in a crazy amount of debt. Yeah. But it's just interesting to me because they're making so much content now and it costs a lot of money to make this stuff. <laughs> I know. I've I've been saying this for for a while. And like I, I don't I don't understand the model either because it's not like they uh, can like put a movie out um, and then track like the re- return on it, right? Because you're just yeah. your whole revenue is just based on subscriptions. So they're not, I I don't think they're putting these out on. Uh, are they putting their movies and stuff out on DVD? No. Okay. And I doubt like they're licensing it to other networks or anything. So yeah. if unless it's like all this stuff is like driving more subscriptions which I feel like they already have like a decent penetration of the market um yeah I, I wonder like one like why they're doing like all these movies and content on their own and then two like how they're measuring the uh profitability of it yeah like and you can track who's watching but how do you know they wouldn't <laughs> you can't guarantee that they're a member because they liked this movie and they like the content you're putting out or they just they're yeah. going to be a member either way, and they just watch it because it's there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, you and you don't get it. You don't necessarily correlate like the big budget to the the dollars, right? I yeah, guess exactly. that's true with any movie. You, you don't. Everything's a risk, but it's yeah. just an interesting model. It really is, and you know, I think it works better with TV shows. Uh, I feel like people are more willing to like sign up for Netflix or Amazon or HBO. For, for like a show that's like only on there like House of Cards on Netflix or Game of Thrones on HBO and, and that kind of makes sense like that's going to drive someone uh, they, they're going to subscribe and probably keep the subscription but I've never heard of like a movie being like a, oh you got to get on Amazon Prime to watch this Amazon movie I, I don't know if that case holds up but you know what though it might at the same time because so this is my theory like an entire generation has either dropped their cable or is going to drop their cable at some point Yeah, because you can pay like $10 a month for Netflix. Right. But with all this original content that every streaming network is coming out with and there are more and more streaming networks coming out, mm-hmm. people are going to end up having subscriptions to like six <laughs> networks and it's going to be about yeah. the same cost as cable if they exactly. somehow get, 
get you to stop stealing other people's passwords. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly. Yeah, the, not the, stealing, the, but having people share their passwords with you. Yeah, yeah. Which is, I'm surprised they haven't like taken a more drastic cut on that yet, have they? Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, and like, so let's say if you're a horror fan, at the end of the year, some of the best horror movies of 2018 that are going to be on some lists will be exclusive to Netflix or Shudder or even Amazon Prime. So it's like you're going to want a subscription because you can't see that movie without a subscription. Like, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, that's true. That, that is, that's pretty wild. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that part, it, it kind of bothers me that, like, uh, these things are becoming so exclusive to certain networks and you have to have, like, you have to be subscribing to them, but... I guess you're yeah. right. It's just kind of mimicking uh, the world, uh, the cable world, in a way. Yeah, like a lot of things that frustrated you about cable will end up being frustrating in the future about these, yeah. these streaming networks. But uh, yeah. it, there's a lot of improvements too. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Good in beds. Yeah. Uh, did you recognize any of these actors or actresses? It seemed like they were almost all English. <laughs> yeah, all a bunch of foreigners. Uh, the, the only one I recognized, uh, Michael Sheen. Uh, I think I recognized him from 30 Rock, and uh, he looks pretty cool in this one with like a beard and everything. But yeah. uh, outside of that, yeah, any, anyone you recognized? Yeah, he was the only one, and I didn't realize what I recognized him from until I Googled that. Is it 30 Rock too? Yeah, he was Wesley Snipes from 30 Rock. Uh, was he? Uh, was he the one that like she was supposed to like like she met in a in a dental office? Yeah, they just kept running into each other, and he was always like, it's fate, we're meant to be together, but oh, they yeah. like, couldn't stand each other. Yeah, 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 that's what I thought it was, yeah. <laughs> God, I love that show. <laughs> that's a good character. Uh, he uh, was married to Kate Beckinsale, right, for a while? Oh, was he really? Yeah, uh, they were they were together, and then they moved uh, to L.A., and then uh, they broke up, and then most recently he's been dating Sarah Silverman, but I think they broke up this year, too. FYI. Wow. Jeez. Yeah. Well, go Michael Sheen. I know. Yeah. Getting around the celebrity circuit. Yeah. Uh, there's not much background out there on this movie since it's so new. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's the hard part with these like new Netflix movies. There's like too much of a story in like the making or the creation of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you have any anything else that's about rounds out the facts I have about this? Uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's it for mine. I, I think, uh, the, the Lucia Boynton, uh, the, the girl who, uh, plays Andrea, which is, um, Michael Sheen's daughter in this, mm-hmm. uh, isn't, uh, she's from like that most recent, uh, Murder on the Orient Express. I, I don't know if you saw that one. Oh, no, I haven't seen that. Okay. Um, yeah, she's, I, I didn't recognize her cause I haven't seen it either. But and then someone else was from Downton Abbey. I don't I don't know who, but yeah, yeah that's that's true. Uh, Dan Stevens, the our main oh, dude. Oh okay. Oh okay. Oh yeah. I think he right, was Michael right. Crawley, or maybe yeah, Michael Crawley is that his name? In Downton Abbey. Yeah. You ever watch that show? No, actually, I in, in researching this, I just realized that's not Downtown Abbey. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think it was. I just thought it was what, what the hell is Downton Abbey? Yeah, I I don't know. Do they mean that downtown? That show is really well done, but it is boring. Yeah, it's <laughs> pretty slow. Yeah, very slow. Do is it supposed to be like downtown, and is that just like how they say it with a British accent? No, downtown. 
it's not supposed to be downtown. I, I just, I don't know what it's supposed to be. Yeah, weird. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I got, I got nothing else. Cool. Well, um, if you're into cults, <laughs> there. <I am. laughs> Uh, in 1989, a man named Jeffrey Lundgren uh, had a small cult and claimed to be a prophet, not unlike mm-hmm. Michael Sheen's character in this movie. Mm-hmm. And he murdered five people in Kirtland, Ohio. Wow. Yeah. How uh, was it? One of those things like where they all like committed suicide, or no? He straight up killed them. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was a family with kids too. It was pretty pretty awful that's weird i mean usually cults like they're able to convince themselves to kill themselves uh yeah. as part of like being in a cult so yeah i'm surprised he took this more serial killer route as a cult leader yeah i think that's a sign of a bad cult leader when you yeah. can't convince people to kill themselves and you <laughs> have to do it <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> this is how you know you're bad at your job <laughs> <laughs> oh that's messed up yeah, it's dark. <laughs> okay, man. Well, I think it's about time to get into the plot. And I feel like this is a pretty complicated plot, so I'm a little bit intimidated. Ah, I think it'll be okay. You'll do yeah. right. Well, my wife told me that uh, she would help drill some plot points into my head during the break, so I'm going to go see if she can help me with that. All right. Sounds good. Okay. Be right back. Okay, man, I'm back. All right, did you get those holes drilled in? Yeah, I think she misinterpreted what I meant by drilling plot points into my head because there's an elaborate contraption outside uh, with a giant <laughs> screw. Yeah, yeah, I think everyone has those outside their houses. It's like every time you want to like purify yourself, uh, you just screw yourself into that. I've never really heard of that torture device. Me neither. That I feel like that was invented for this movie. I've, I've yeah, never seen anything like that. That was a new one. Yeah, that was pretty gross. This this movie it was kind of uh, I I know like after Terrifier, uh, I feel like our, our bar has been raised for torture porn, um, but this movie there there was definitely some graphic stuff in it. Yeah, yeah, there were some there were some graphic scenes in this. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so getting into it, the setup of this movie is that. A woman has been kidnapped and a ransom note has been sent to her family. Uh, The note's written by her and she says she's suffering. Please save her from this. Uh, And it's her, I think the note is written to her dad, but her dad has fallen ill and so her brother is the one who has to go. And he decides instead of paying the ransom, he's going there undercover to try to save her. Mm -hmm. Don't entirely know why they don't just pay the ransom. Well, Maybe it's because they don't want to support these people. Yeah, I don't know. They seem like they were pretty well off. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that's a really good point. I don't know. For some reason, he, he took it upon himself to go play the hero instead. Yeah. Um, and he seemed like he was kind of estranged from his family, or at least his father. Yeah. Yeah, the only but, scene you see of the father, like, he's in a, in a room, like, at a, staring at a fireplace. Yeah. 
Um, okay, so, and it's this religious cult on a random island somewhere in the UK who's who's kidnapped her. And I don't know what the public knows or thinks about this cult, but apparently he's aware of them. So he goes to get on this boat to go over to this island, and everybody in line for this boat has like a little invitation that they were sent by the cult, apparently. And he has one, but he notices it has a unique mark on it that the other people's invites don't have. Um, so he sneakily swaps his invite with somebody else's. And short, he gets on the boat, and shortly afterwards he sees the guards carrying off this dude who he swapped with because they noticed the mark on his invite. And then once he like gets to the island and is walking around the little village cult, he sees them like carrying this dude's dead body. So I think that's the first time you really like build some tension. The movie builds tension and you realize the stakes are high. Like mm-hmm. this cult means business. Yeah. Yeah. So it kind of sets the pace for it. Yeah. So we got this creepy cult. It's like a village slash commune. And we start off with basically this main dude, uh, Thomas, just kind of roaming around, I guess. And we meet some of the other people in the cult. Uh, One of them is the creepy prophet leader guy played by Michael Sheen. Another is his daughter played by Lucy Boynton, who kind of seems like she's going to be a love interest to our main character. Mm Kind of like right off the bat. Yeah, but then that doesn't really go anywhere, in my opinion. No, no. <laughs> Maybe yeah. with all the storylines they were trying to cram in, cram in here, they had to give up that one. Yeah, yeah. Like, she remains a main character, but, like, the hints of something going on between them doesn't really seem yeah. to materialize. Yeah. Um, so our main character, Thomas, starts sneaking around the island, and we see a shot. At one point he's like looking behind the like chapel or something and the screen the camera stops on this moss that's on the side of the building that looks like it's like more alive than normal moss it's like moving or growing really quick or something mm-hmm. and up until now the whole movie's just been about the tension of like this creepy group of people and what are they up to on this island and then it's just like oh cgi like moss moving yeah did were you kind of like WTF at this moment? Yeah, and this is kind of the first moment where like I realized like okay, there's something supernatural happening here. It isn't just about the the people. Yeah, um, but it was, it was pretty confusing. Yeah, um, and so then we move on and it, we go back into creepy cult vibe. He notices some of the cult members are like bloodletting, and they have mason jars outside of their rooms that they leave with their blood offerings. Uh, at some point in here, we meet two young lovers named Jeremy and Fion who have sex, even though th- they're based on their discussion beforehand, it's like very forbidden and frowned upon by the cult. Mm-hmm. And they kind of talk about having a life one day together somewhere other than the island. Yeah. So this is another plot point that they try to get going. Um, and, and it's... Uh, and oh, go ahead. Oh, during during this whole time, um, like the, this main character Thomas, he's like he's kind of like going around the island. Uh, like his goal is like he's trying to find his sister, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, I I just loved like I felt like he looked, he just like looked like so suspicious the whole time, like because he was like kind of watching everyone, and uh, I think the the people on the island 
like the the cult leaders at this point also are aware that like someone has snuck on because they they killed that guy who was on the boat um and realized like he wasn't actually the guy bringing the ransom like he was supposed to be and so they know someone's there but it's just funny like how um like sneaky and um suspicious like thomas's character is <laughs> did, did you pick up on that yeah he kind of stuck out like a sore thumb yeah he kind of he kind of looked like he was gonna like vomit and pass out at any given moment yeah that's the look on his face the whole time yeah (laughs) yeah he's really bad at like being a spy or like blending in yeah and uh so actually that that um cause was like the source of a very tense scene so they know there's an intruder and at some point i don't know where exactly it is in the plot but the prophet gets a bunch of dudes together to line up and he's like one of you is an intruder and he makes them all recite verses from this cult scripture and he's like going down the line making them recite it and they're about to get to thomas and thomas is like clenching his fist to like throw a punch because he knows i don't know the scripture i'm going to be found out Mm -hmm. but then the dude before him in line doesn't know it either and apparently he's just a dude who's infiltrated because he sees this cult as an affront to God somehow and is intending to kill the prophet. Yeah. Well, because this prophet had been, like, banished from the mainland, right, by, like, the king? Yeah, yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah, and I think this assassin was, like, uh, somehow tied to the king or sent by the king. Oh, yeah, he was sent by the king. You're right. Mm-hmm. Um, so he tries to kill the prophet, and our main character, Thomas, like grabs onto him and keeps him from doing so so then the prophet's like you saved my life and like i'm forever in your debt or like i i need to repay you a debt mm-hmm. and so you're like okay cool now this dude's like in with the prophet yeah um that reminded me a lot of uh have you, have you ever seen uh, gangs of new york i haven't no oh it's kind of a similar setup where like leonardo DiCaprio's like trying to kill get revenge on this guy but then some other guy tries to kill him and Leonardo DiCaprio like saves him and then they kind of form a secret like a, or like like a relationship based on that it's just yeah the funny yeah. parallel there kind of like how you and me became friends yeah right <laughs> exactly that's what our friendship's based on <laughs> I'm actually trying to kill you this whole time <laughs> uh so let's see what else what else so at some point in Thomas's wanderings around the village, he discovers this underground tunnel in the prophet's house. He, like, sees him go into it. And at one point, he's, like, walking to his room, and we see, like, a creepy woman standing in a hallway behind him. Mm-hmm. And another creepy thing we see that leads you to believe there's something supernatural going on is that at some point, Thomas cuts his finger and drips blood onto the floor and then underneath the floorboards you see it's either I I thought it was many creatures at first but I think maybe it was just one creature like a woman with like very pale flesh like sucking the blood from underneath the floor she's like in the basement oh for some reason I thought like they that panned over to like a door like on on the other side of the hallway and that's where she was putting her face but that makes more sense that she was under the floorboards okay and you only saw one yeah person only, okay only saw one person all right that makes sense i don't know if i saw the woman in the background though that it was pretty no. subtle yeah wow okay so at some point thomas 
goes into these tunnels um, and he sees the prophet, Michael Sheen's character, Prophet Malcolm, feeding blood to this like old weird woman who's not quite human and she's like bound up in all these vines like it looks like she's a prisoner Mm -hmm. and he ends up in this underground cave after that where he sees presumably this woman um and this is probably the creepiest scene of the movie yeah he's like in this cave in water up to his like chin yeah and then all of a sudden this woman just emerges from the water and starts like chasing him yeah i didn't know what that was that that was that was pretty frightening yeah yeah definitely the creepiest scene to me Mm -hmm. um well then i I, weren't they they were in blood though right it wasn't water i think they were in like a pool of blood maybe oh was it really i think so because i mean that that's i i I thought that's like what was going on it's like all that blood was like kind of going under these tunnels and then um this lady was there maybe it was a mix of blood and water it just looked pretty gross well, if you can't tell, listeners, this was a bit of a confusing movie, yeah. at least to me. Like, I don't know. I still am not sure I understand everything that was going on. Yeah, I know. this. Because during all this time, too, there's the other storyline of where um, he's met the, the, the couple that's, like, kind of sneaking off and having an affair. Or not an affair, but they're, they're hooking up. Um, and, and, and he's kind of, like, roped in that, that, uh, that the guy in that one. In that in that couple, yeah. So he he's like caught that dude hooking hooking up with the young dude hooking up with the girl, and is like, well, I'm not gonna tell on you if you don't tell on me, and you gotta help me. Like, I need yeah. to find my sister because the dude basically knows that his sister has been kidnapped. Mm-hmm. Um, and at some point, the prophet to like flush out the intruder, like from like parades his sister like down the street and is like I'm gonna kill her unless you come forward and she's like chained up in the middle of the town square for a while yeah um and eventually we learn that this woman we've seen like bound up in the vines that they're feeding blood to is responsible for the fertility of the island and the blood that they give her keeps her alive Mm mm-hmm and the island's crops are failing and the animals have stopped breeding and the leaders are all worried about it and she's the she's the source of the fertility so she's something is wrong with her and she's the reason that everything's failing mm-hmm. which is a very wicker man plot point failing crops yeah that's exactly what happened in that one too right yeah yep. yeah um okay so as the climax approaches these young lovers that we've mentioned named Jeremy and Fion, we find out that Fion is pregnant and her dad is one of the like three main leaders of this island he finds out and kills her and then has Jeremy punished by putting him in this contraption in the town square that drills a giant hole into his head which was a really gory scene yeah yeah, it kind of like locks in like your head in place, and you're on this flat board, and he just like turns this crank, and this drill comes into your uh, the top of your head. Yeah, pretty gross. One thing I loved about this is as it's getting set up, and they tighten that thing on his head, it looks like they're like squishing his head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you get a camera shot that's like Jeremy's point of view looking up at the sky. Yeah, and like a little like spot of blood appears in his vision as they're like squeezing it on his head. 
Yeah, is that what happens when your head gets squeezed? I don't know. I would imagine so. It, it, it that was just a very like gruesome touch yeah. that I I thought. Yeah. Really added to the horror of that scene. Right. Right. So all hell kind of breaks loose after this. Like they've captured Thomas and um, this dude, Quinn, who's just had Jeremy tortured to death and killed his daughter. He tells the prophet Malcolm that he's a false prophet and the crops are failing. Like he's failing the island and to prove that he's actually a prophet, he has to kill Thomas, our main character. Because at this point, they've found out that Thomas is is the intruder. Mm-hmm. Um, and Malcolm's hesitant to do it because Thomas saved his life earlier in the movie. And he, like, kind of slowly approaches him with a knife, and he looks pained that he's going to have to kill this guy. And then before he can kill him, Jeremy's dad, who's the third leader of the island attack somebody right because he's pissed that jeremy has just been killed yeah yeah i feel like he shot a gun or something or made some kind of commotion yeah yep so chaos kind of ensues at this point everybody's running in different directions and michael sheen's character prophet malcolm says that you know go capture thomas our main character but i want him alive and then later he tries to kill thomas did you did that make any sense to you um no, uh Michael Sheen tried to kill Thomas. Yeah, and he like shoots through through that door with a shotgun. Oh, that uh that was before. That was like when uh Thomas is like under uh the tunnels like um kind of hiding. Uh that, that that was when um Michael Sheen shoots through cuz uh they're they're like kind of chasing him out of the tunnels. Um, okay. So by by, by the time that all this has happened, we're like the kid has died. And like havoc is kind of breaking out. Um, I think at this point the prophet Malcolm um, is kind of re- like his daughter was like, you know, don't kill him. Don't you know? She's like says something emotional, like to the effect of like, you know, be be the dad I think you are or something. And so I think he's not trying to kill Thomas anymore. Okay. Oh man, I could have sworn that was after, but I'm probably just plain wrong. <laughs> um, <laughs> So let's see what happens next. At this point, um, somehow Thomas and his sister, who's been kidnapped, and Andrea, who's um, the prophet's daughter, all end up held captive by this weird dude that we've seen earlier in the movie who kind of tends to the woman, like the supernatural woman of the island. Mm-hmm. It's like this dude with a... What's going on with his face? Do you know? Uh, it's like in a burlap sack like you never see his face uh yeah but so you've seen this guy in the background uh here and there like uh, around that that woman who's like uh what is she like a goddess or what's her deal like she like eats blood and she like uh creates like vegetation on the island but what's 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 going on there yeah they like think of her as a goddess but you don't really know yeah yeah and then this dude kind of has like a mutant type vibe like he's shirtless and like giant and really muscular with his head in a burlap sack right yeah exactly yeah so Um, weird and we don't know who he is or why he exists or what yeah there's never like any backstory about him but he's like her feeder or something yeah uh but i but i i don't think so so i i think when all like havoc breaks out uh at, at that after like jeremy's killed um do you remember like Frank Jeremy's dad like grabs a shotgun and he runs 
because he, he wants to like end the island and so he runs to like that shed uh where this woman is kept to go kill her and he goes in but this but he basically gets shot and killed by uh that that the grinder guy oh, okay. and then and then that's where like thomas shows up and like malcolm's there and, and thomas like kind of sneaks in um and then he gets and that's like when he gets caught by the grab the grinder okay and that's how we end up with thomas andrea and thomas's sister all held captive by the grinder right uh well andrea was never held captive by the grinder A- andrea's back in the town uh and and you're, you're thinking about like when andrea and his sister are being held by the other prophet or the other founder quinn right that, that oh yeah which i think happens after this in, in this scene you just have thomas who's been caught because he's trying to save his sister who uh the grinder has like captured and has like in a in a sack and now like thomas is like on this bed or like this platform that like he's being dragged into like a, a grinding machine yeah so which is why this dude is probably called the grinder this <laughs> mutant dude who we've never heard him referred to as the grinder that's just how they refer to him in the plot synopsis right yeah yeah i don't think anyone ever like addresses him or talks about him yeah so Thomas ends up getting a couple of his fingers grinded off by this machine before he can best the grinder and end up feeding him to the grinder machine instead. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, then that, that was a pretty hard scene to watch. I thought. Yeah, uh, that was pretty gruesome too. Yeah, I didn't think his hands were gonna get eaten up like that. It's gross. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Yeah. Um, and so then, somehow now Quinn, the guy who killed jeremy with the giant screw has andrea and thomas's sister held captive correct mm-hmm. yep and he reveals to them that like when they got to the island and discovered this old lady and what she could do by like making everything on the island grow he decided to imprison her and i'm not entirely sure what his plan was when he imprisoned her but that's why she's all tied up mm-hmm and he reveals to them that his plan is to just get the two of them pregnant over and over again and feed their babies <laughs> to this lady. Yeah. And Thomas comes in at the last minute and saves them, essentially, right? Yeah. One thing we forgot, uh, before Thomas, like, after he kills the grinder, uh, before he leaves that shed, like, the, the lady, like, the, that, uh, that, that goddess, whatever, like, talks to him and, like like tells tells him uh to set her free and he lights her on fire yeah and she says like i've been waiting for you my son yeah yeah so it sounds like she's been held captive he was like her savior and, and like once he lights her on fire like actually the whole town like lights up on fire yeah yeah so quinn quinn and thomas's sister are kind of teaming up with him as he's like fighting with quinn and they kind of all three participate in his killing but Thomas gets stabbed pretty badly in the fight. So Quinn has been bested. The village is now burning and people are fleeing by boat. And Quinn, Thomas's sister, and Thomas are all running for the boats. But Thomas collapses on the way there. And he's clearly dying, but he like tells his sister he's so happy that she's alive and she's like everything to him. And as he dies, he bleeds into the grass and all the grass like grows up around him it almost looks like it starts like encompassing him 
and the movie ends here and wikipedia mm-hmm. says that he starts to be transformed into a living god hmm. did you get that impression uh no no but i i, I read that and it's like uh oh, maybe that like he was going to become the next woman of the island i guess but like being the woman of the island didn't look that great i mean well i guess as long as you don't get captured uh, yeah yeah it's not too bad yeah so in summary worst plot explanation ever by me <laughs> I, think so. I think you did pretty good there <laughs> i was like yeah. oh, i'm just gonna win this one because it's like too detailed but yeah i, th- I think you had uh, all the pertinent points yeah and also this this movie made like very little sense to me but what do you think did, did you feel the same way um, I do feel like they try to pack too many storylines in. Um, they, they, you know, there, there was some background on uh, the main character Thomas. Uh, I don't remember if you remember that. There was like a flashback um, of him. He was, I guess, part of the Boxcar uh, Rebellion. Was that what it was called? I think it was called the Boxer Rebellion. Oh yeah, the Boxer Rebellion. <laughs> I was thinking about the Boxcar family. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So and, and he's he's like part of his narrative is like he's a man who's like lost his faith and i wonder if like one of the themes in this and like in his journey in like saving his sister and like you know fighting this cult and like dying at the end if it was like his journey to like regain that faith or become a man of uh god or i don't know if those that was supposed to be in there but um yeah it definitely packed a lot and i feel like i missed most of it a lot of it was over my head or something what do do, do you think yeah i think it tried to pack in a lot and like this woman of the island it kind of felt like she was essentially just there for like supernatural scares and it didn't yeah. make sense like if she's the one who makes everything on the island grow like why would you capture her or like make her unhappy yeah well i i mean i think they were trying to harvest her right because like she has this power to like drive the vegetation and the growth on the island so they uh i, I feel like they're trying to farm her in a way yeah i, I guess so yeah hmm it's hard, hard to tell but yeah i mean you you, you wouldn't want uh, it, to it's it doesn't make sense that you'd want to like imprison something like that especially like when like things start dying and stuff maybe yeah like don't piss her off yeah yeah um do you think there was a, this was a commentary on global warming at all well <laughs> <laughs> they probably probably that I, I i just like every time they would talk about like oh the you know the crops are all dying and um you know the, the vegetation's going it just kind of reminded me of like oh, i wonder if this is like some kind of commentary on you know the changing weather and all that stuff i don't know i'm not sure if it did enough else to make me think that that's what it was about it didn't seem to have much of another point well you know they did they, they did you know you kind of brought it up that she was like this power and they kind of changed her up and like try to milk her for it and that's kind of like capitalism in a way like you you own it you possess it and then you try to like drive it to produce as much as possible and then it starts work it stops working so then what do you do you kind of like turn on your people or you start having babies uh so that you can uh, with alternate you alternate women with babies (laughs) i think that's capitalism to to feed them to capitalism yeah (laughs) it's a stretch man and the grinder mechanism was symbolism for the rat race. Yeah, exactly. An office life. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of how I feel every day. My fingers are okay. being chewed off. <laughs> uh, I like this theory. Yeah, I don't know. It's <laughs> it's a stretch. Maybe it was just a, a bad 
combination of storylines or maybe it was talking about something bigger but who knows I think it was a bad combination of storylines but I really like your interpretation <laughs> yeah I think you're right uh, <laughs> one of the things I thought was stand that stood out to me in, the, in this movie though was uh, the music did, did you get, pick up on the music at all uh, the, yeah the music was pretty good yeah I I liked it. It was, it was very creepy. It's like I thought one of the scarier parts of the movie was like the music and the sounds that they were using. Yeah, you know, in the intro to this movie, in the credits, they have this like drone that keeps getting louder and louder, and then it like drops immediately into silence as the uh, movie starts. Sure. I feel like I've seen that a lot lately. Yeah, just like things getting louder and louder, and then just dropping out. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. can't think of any other movies, but it just seems like a common, common thing in a lot of modern horror movies lately. Well, the next movie we're going to review also does that, so... Oh. <laughs> oh, does it? I didn't even notice that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's just, like, a, a common technique. Like, let's make things loud, and when things start to get scary, then have it cut off immediately. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, I just didn't... And I feel like there were a lot of times where this movie, like, sp- started to spark something, but then it kind of went nowhere. Like, mm-hmm. the tension from the cult was, like, all that you needed to make the movie scary, but that kind of fell apart once the supernatural element was introduced and then it became about that yeah yeah that i I don't feel like they played out the full cult uh experience because usually they didn't yeah usually like you think like the sacrament um uh worker man and stuff like the people are kind of off or like doing weird things and in this one the the people actually seem pretty normal it was just like these three guys at the top who were basically murderers uh that was otherwise the cult didn't seem that bad oh and the bloodletting but yeah 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 otherwise it was just a weird cult not that bad yeah and then like the things where like he ends up gaining the leaders the prophet's trust by saving his life like Mm -hmm. it's like okay there's going to be some like psychological tension between these two as we go on but like they never really no (laughs) drove that home and like the love interest yeah between him and his daughter never turned into anything like she didn't even seem that sad that he was dying right right yeah i feel like it was trying to go a lot of different ways and just yeah never really uh capitalized on any of it yeah they really should have like stuck with one or two like of the ideas and fleshed those out further versus grasping at like so many different ideas or potential storylines or characters yeah yep agreed um so zero to five specks of blood in your vision what do you give this uh, I, I think I'd give it a, a one and a half. Um, one and a half, dang. Yeah, just because I mean, for you know, it, it felt very scattered. Um, and th- th- there were a few scary parts. Like, if, I, I enjoyed the scary parts. Like, I feel like they did those well. Like the the woman in the water and the the grinder guy. But I just feel like there wasn't enough of it. And and that's why I feel like was this a horror movie at the end of the day, or was it like a, a piece, uh, more of like an action thriller with like some minor elements of horror. Yeah, or a movie about uh, capitalism. <laughs> One of the three. <laughs> I feel like maybe that should be a horror movie club's first blog post. Is you fleshing out this idea? No, oh, yeah, <laughs> I read an essay on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. What about you? How many specks of blood? You, you know, I gave it two point five. I mm. feel like that could be a little high. I, it's just that's a middle of the road score, and I feel like this is an average horror movie because. Yeah. Like you said, there were some scenes that were gen- genuinely tense and scary. 
but then they like didn't really amount to anything also this movie is like two hours and 15 minutes like yeah it was uh. too long <laughs> um yeah after all that i didn't like care about anybody even like the young lovers when they were killed it was just like well yeah i saw that coming from the get-go yeah yeah i mean and yeah then, like be- our main character died and I, I didn't care about him right yeah 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 it's hard to be very vested because yeah most of the time you are on the main character and they don't really give a lot of time or space to these other characters yeah yep yeah and even when they are with him they don't i don't feel like they do too much to develop his character aside from that flashback <laughs> yeah and him like just looking like uh like an oddball the whole time like <laughs> out of the corner of his eye what's going on <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah cool all right man well anything else on this uh no no i'm good cool all right listeners well that's all we got uh we hope you enjoyed this episode on apostle and if you want to join the discussion let us know what you think about this movie or what you think of ashvin's capitalism idea we encourage you to follow horror movie club podcast on facebook and follow us on twitter at horror movie pod or you can shoot us an email at podcast at horrormovieclub.com Be sure to check our social media for next week's movie in case you want to watch it before the next episode. Our logo is done by Amy Mae Popart, so check her out on Etsy.com. And until next time, if you stumble upon a fertile remote island and then discover a weird old lady who is the source of its fertility, maybe befriend her instead of imprisoning her. It will probably save you a whole lot of confusing trouble.